Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE on that drop-down. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email from the Course in Miracles Society that includes both the daily reading as well as the, the lesson for the day. Uh, my name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday to Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we begin a new chapter, chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. We'll be reading the introduction this morning as well as section two, The Present Memory. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 296, The Holy Spirit Speaks Through Me Today. And I found just the most delightful opening as regards to this speaking and the present memory. In a book called Susceptible to Light, a book of poetry by Shailen Harkin, and the poem is, Please Don't Try. Please don't try to hurry through this meadow toward ambition, ease, pleasure, lunch. Please don't try to hurry through the intimate, fiery look of pain or the cauldron of heartbreak slowly brewing you into new magic. Please don't wait for the grandeur, the fabulous vistas, when all the richness of the now is at your fingertips ready to be gathered into your heart. Don't move toward love. Move with it. It's in you. You are it. What are you waiting for, blind desirer? The object of your goal has always been exactly where you stand. The Holy Spirit speaks for me today. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't that a great find? Yes, yeah, super. Thanks. And I finally got the name of it, Susceptible to Light. I want to order that book. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. You'll love it. She she is a course student. Um, so you'll, you'll recognize it. Oh, great. Um, Thank you, Lori. That was just wonderful. That was just wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> well, I loved it, too. Glad to find it. Thanks, you guys. Really, really glad you liked it with me. Okay, here's our reading list today. We have Lemoyne, Jennifer, Fran, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Karen. We're joined in listening this morning by Harrison and Judy and Ida. Let's see if I missed anyone. Uh, So far, that's it. So... We'll see who comes along as we go along, huh? Here in Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, starting today with the introduction in Paragraph 1. The miracle does nothing. All it does is undo. 
and thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done. It does not add, but merely takes away. And what it takes away is long since gone, but being kept in memory, it appears to have immediate effects. This world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it are no longer in the mind that thought of them and loved them for a little while. The miracle but shows the past is gone, and what has truly gone has no effects. Remembering a cause can but produce illusions of its presence, not effects. The mind. Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, Introduction. The miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo, and thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done. It does not add, but merely takes away. And what it takes away is long since gone, but being kept in memory appears to have immediate effect. This world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it are no longer in the mind that thought of them and loved them for a little while. The miracle but shows the past is gone, and what has truly gone has no effect. Remembering a cause can but produce illusions of its presence, not effect. All the effects of guilt are here no more, for guilt is over in its passing when its consequences left without a cause. Why would you cling to it in memory if you did not desire its effect? Remembering is as selective as perception, being its past tense. It is perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still were there to see. Memory, like perception, is a skill made up by you to take the place of what God gave in your creation. And like all the things you made, it can be used to serve another purpose and to be the means for something else. It can be used to heal and not to hurt if you so wish it be. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Jennifer. All the effects of guilt are here no more. The guilt is over. It is passing when it's in its passing went its consequences left without a cause. Why would you cling to it in memory if you could if you did not desire its effects? Remembering is as selective as perception being its past tense. It is perception of the past as if it were occurring now and still 
were there, were there to see. Memory, like perception, is a skill made up by you to take the place of what God gave in your creation. And like all the things you made, it can be used to serve another purpose and to be the means for something else. It can be used to heal and not to hurt if you so wish it to be. Three, nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. It is a recognition that you have no needs, which means that something must be done. It is an unselective memory which is not used to interfere with truth. All things the Holy Spirit can employ for healing have been given Him. Without the content and the purposes for which they have been made. Yeah. There but skills without an application. They await their use. They have no dedication and no aim. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, and Fran, if you'd like to do that third paragraph, and then roll right into present memory, please. Okay. Three, nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. It is a recognition that you have no needs, which mean that something must be done. It is an unselective memory, which is not used to interfere with truth. All things the Holy Spirit can employ for healing have been given him without the content and the purposes for which they have been made. They are but skills without an application. They await their use. They have no dedication and no aim. Section 2, the present memory. Paragraph 4. The Holy Spirit can indeed make use of memory, for God himself is there. Yet this is not a memory of past events, but only of a present state. You are so long accustomed to believe that memory holds only what is past that it is hard for you to realize it is a skill that can remember now. The limitations on remembering the world imposes on it are as vast as those you let the world impose on you. There is no link of memory to the past. If you would have it there, then there it is. But only your desire made the link and only you have held it to a part of time where guilt appears to linger still. Thank you, Fran. Uh, and Robin Marie. Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. Two, the present memory. The Holy Spirit can indeed make use of memory for God himself is there. Yet this is not a memory of past events, but only of a present state. You are so long accustomed to believe that memory holds only what is past, that it is hard for you to realize it is a skill that can remember now. The limitations on remembering the world imposes on it are as vast as those you let the world impose on you. There is no link of memory to the past. 
If you would have it there, then there it is. But only your desire made the link. And only you have held it to a part of time when guilt appears to linger still. Five, the Holy Spirit's use of memory is quite apart from time. He does not seek to use it as a means to keep the past, but rather as a way to let it go. Memory holds the message it receives and does what it is given it to do. It does not write the message nor appoint what it is for. Like to the body, it is purposeless within itself. And if it seems to serve to cherish ancient hate and offers you the picture of injustices and hurts, which you were saving, this is what you asked its message be. And this is what it is. Committed to its faults, the history of all the body's past is hidden there. All of the strange associations made to keep the past alive, the present dead, are stored within it, waiting your command that they be brought to you and lived again. And thus do their effects appear to be increased by time, which took away their cause. Thank you, Robin Marie. Uh, And Jessica. Five. The Holy Spirit's use of memory is quite apart from time. He does not seek to use it as a means to keep the past, but rather as a way to let it go. Memory holds the message it receives and does what it is given it to do. It does not write the message nor appoint what it is for. Like to the body, it is purposeless within itself. And if it seems to serve to cherish ancient hate and offers you the pictures of injustices and hurts which you were saving, this is what you asked this message to be. And this is what it is. Committed to its vaults, the history of all the body's past is hidden there. All of the strange associations made to keep the past alive the present dead, are stored within it, waiting your command that they be brought to you and lived again. And thus, excuse me, and thus do their effects appear to be increased by time, which took away their cause. Six. Yet time is but another phase of what does nothing. It works hand in hand with all the other attributes with which you seek to keep concealed the truth about yourself. Time neither takes away nor can restore. And yet, you make strange use of it, as if the past had caused the present, which is but a consequence in which no change can be made possible because its cause has gone. Yet change must have a cause that will endure or else it will not last. No change can be made in the present if its cause is past. Only the past is held in memory as you make use of it. And so it is a way to hold the past 
against the now. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. Yet time is but another phase of what does nothing. It works hand in hand with all the other attributes with which you seek to keep concealed the truth about yourself. Time neither takes away nor can restore. And yet, you make strange use of it as if the past had caused the present, which is but a consequence in which no change can be made possible because its cause has gone. Yet change must have a cause that will endure or else it will not last. No change can be made in the present if its cause is in the past. Only the past is held in memory as you make use of it, and so it is a way to hold the past against the now. Remember, nothing that you taught yourself or you were badly taught I'll repeat that. Remember, nothing that you taught yourself or you were badly taught. And who would keep a senseless lesson in his mind when he can learn and can preserve a better one? When ancient memories of hate appear, remember that their cause is gone. And so you cannot understand what they are for. Let not the cause that you would give them now be what it was which made them what they were or seemed to be. Be glad that it is gone, for this is what you would be pardoned from, and see instead the new effects of cause accepted now with with consequences here. They will surprise you with their lovelessness. The ancient new ideas they bring will be the happy consequences of a cause so ancient that it far exceeds the span of memory which your perception sees. Thank you, Karen. Let's see, so do we have a new reader of for uh, paragraph 7 and 8? This is Sandra. I can read. Oh, thanks, Sandra. Read after her, Lori. Thank you. Seven. Remember nothing that you taught yourself, for you were badly taught. And who would keep a senseless lesson in his mind when he can learn and can preserve, preserve a better one? When ancient memories of hate appear, remember that their cause is gone. And so you cannot understand what they are for. Let not the cause that you would give them now be what it was which made them what they were or seemed to be. Be glad that it is gone, for this is what you would be pardoned from. And see instead the new effects of cause accepted now with consequences here. They will surprise you with their loveliness. 
the ancient new ideas they bring will be the happy consequences of a cause so ancient that it far exceeds the span of memory which your perception sees. 8. This is the cause the Holy Spirit has remembered for you when you would forget. It is not past because he let it not be unremembered. It has never changed because there never was a time in which he did not keep it safely safely in your mind. Its consequences will indeed seem new because you thought that you remembered not their cause. Yet was it never absent from your mind. For it was not your father's will that he be unremembered by his only son. Thank you, Sandra. And Judy. Yes, thank you. This is a capital cause. The Holy Spirit has remembered for you when you would forget. It is not past because he let capital it not be unremembered. It has never changed because there never was a time in which he did not keep capital it safely in your mind. Its consequences will indeed seem new because you thought that you remembered not their capital cause. Yet was capital it never absent from your mind, for it was not your father's will that he be unremembered by his only son. What you remember never was. This is so this is where the oh I'm sorry. What you remember never was. It came from causelessness, which you confused with cause. It can deserve but laughter. When you learn you have remembered consequences which were causeless and could never be effects, the miracle reminds you of a capital cause forever present, perfectly untouched by time and interference, never changed from what capital it is. And you our capital, its effects. It's changeless and it's perfect as capital itself. Its memory does not lie in the past nor wait in the future. It is not revealed in miracles. They but remind you that capital it has not gone. When you forgive capital it for your sins, capital it will no longer be denied. Hoo-wee. Thank you, Judy. And do we have another new reader for 9 and 10? Is there a new reader for 9 and 10? Okay. Back to you, Lemoyne. Okay. 
What you remember never was. It came from causelessness, which you can which you confused with cause. It can deserve but laughter when you learn you have remembered consequences which were causeless and could never be effect. The miracle reminds you of a cause forever present, perfectly untouched by time and interference, never changed from what it is and you are its effect as changes let me try that again (laughs) the miracle reminds you of a cause forever present perfectly untouched by time and interference never changed from what it is and you are its effect as changeless and as perfect as itself. Its memory does not lie in the past nor waits the future. It is not revealed in miracle. They but remind you that it has not gone. When you forgive it for your sins, it will no longer be denied. You you who have sought to lay a judgment on your own creator cannot understand it is not he who laid a judgment on his son. You would deny him his effect, yet have they never been denied. There was no time in which his son could be condemned for what was causeless and against his will. What your remembering would witness to is but the fear of God. He has not done the thing you fear. No more have you. And so your innocence has not been lost. You need no healing to be healed. In quietness, see in the miracle a lesson in allowing cause to have its own effect and doing nothing that would interfere. Thank you, Lloyd. And Jennifer. Ken, you you who have sought to lay a judgment on your own creator cannot understand it is not he who laid a judgment on his son. You would deny him his effects, yet have they never been denied? There was no time in which his son could be condemned for what was causeless and against his will. What you're remembering would witness would witness to is but the fear of God. He has not done the thing you fear. No more have you. And so your innocence has not been lost. You need no healing to be healed. In quietness, see 
and the miracle, a lesson in allowing cause to have its own effects and doing nothing and doing nothing that would interfere. 11. The miracle comes quietly into the mind that stops an instant and is still. It reaches gently from that quiet time and from the mind it healed in quiet then to other minds to share its quietness. And they will join in doing nothing to prevent its radiant extension back into the capital M mind which caused all minds to be born out of sharing there can be no pause in time to cause the miracle delay and hastening to all unquit minds and bringing them an instant stillness when the memory of God returns to them. Their own remembering is quiet now. And what has come to take its place will not be wholly unremembered afterwards. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm Fran. 11. The miracle comes quietly into the mind that stops an instant and is still. It reaches gently from that quiet time and from the mind is healed and quiet then to other minds to share its quietness. And they will join in doing nothing to prevent its radiant extension back into the mind which caused all minds to be. Born out of sharing, there can be no pause in time to cause the miracle delay and hastening to all unquiet minds and bringing them an instant stillness when the memory of God returns to them. Their own remembering is quiet now, and what has come to take its place will not be wholly unremembered afterward. 12. He to whom time is given offers thanks for every quiet instant given him. For in that instant is his memory allowed to offer all its treasures to the Son of God, for whom they have been kept. How gladly does he offer them unto the one for whom he has been given them. And his Creator shares his thanks, because he would not be deprived of his effects. The instant silence that his Son accepts gives welcome to eternity and him and lets them enter where they would abide. For in that instant does the Son of God do nothing that would make himself afraid. Thank you, Fran. And um, Robin Marie. Twelve. He to whom time is given offers thanks for every quiet instant given him. For in that instant is his memory allowed to offer all its treasures to the Son of God for whom they have been kept. How gladly does he offer them unto the one for whom 
he has been given them. And his creator shares his thanks because he would not be deprived of his effects. The instant silence that his son accepts gives welcome to eternity and him and lets them enter where they would abide. For in that instant does the Son of God do nothing that would make himself afraid. 13. How instantly the memory of God arises in the mind that has no fear to keep the memory away. Its own remembering has gone. There is no past to keep its fearful image in the way of glad awakening to present peace. The trumpets of eternity resound throughout the stillness, yet disturb it not. And what is now remembered is not fear, but rather is the cause that fear was made to render unremembered and undone. The stillness speaks in gentle sounds of love. The Son of God remembers from before his own remembering came in between the present and the past to shut them out. Thank you, Robert Marie. And Jessica. 13. How instantly the memory of God arises in the mind that has no fear to keep the memory away. Its own remembering has gone. There is no past to keep its fearful image in the way of glad awakening to present peace. The trumpets of eternity resound throughout the stillness, yet disturb it not. And what is now remembered is not fear, but rather is the cause that fear was made to render unremembered and undone. The stillness speaks in gentle sounds of love the Son of God remembers from before his own remembering came in between the present and the past to shut them out. Now is the Son of God at last aware of present cause and its benign effects. Now does he understand what he has made is causeless because no effect, making no effects at all. He has done nothing. And in seeing this, he understands he never had a need for doing anything and never did. His cause is its effects. There never was a cause beside it that could generate a different past or future. Its effects are changelessly eternal, beyond fear and past the world of sin entirely. Thank you, Jessica. And um, Karen. Now is the Son of God at last aware of present cause and its benign effects. Now does he understand what he has made is causeless, making no effects at all. He has done nothing. And in seeing this, he understands he never had a need for doing anything and never did. 
His cause is its effects. There never was a cause beside it that could generate a different past or future. Its effects are changelessly eternal, beyond fear, and past the world of sin entirely. 15. What has been lost to see the causeless not? And where is sacrifice when memory of God has come to take the place of loss? What better way to close the little gap between illusions and reality than to allow the memory of God to flow across it, making it a bridge an instant will suffice to reach beyond. For God has closed it with himself. His memory has not gone by and left a stranded son forever on a shore where he can glimpse another shore which he can never reach. His father wills that he be lifted up and gently carried over. He has built the bridge and it is. It is he who will transport his son across it. Have no fear that he will fail in what he wills, nor that you would be excluded from the will that is for you. Thank you, Karen. Alexandra. 15. What has been lost the causeless not and where is sacrifice when memory of God has come to take the place of loss what better way to close the little gap between illusions and reality than to allow the memory of God to flow across it making it a bridge an instant will suffice to reach beyond For God has closed it with himself. His memory has not gone by and left a stranded son forever on a shore where he can glimpse another shore which he can never reach. His father wills that he be lifted up and gently carried over. He has built the bridge and it is he who will transport his son across it. Have no fear that he will fail in what he wills, nor that you will be excluded from the will that is for you. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra, and thank you, everyone who read this morning um, from this present memory and how um, perfect that we can pause here at the top of the hour to reflect on these words as well as uh, the truth of the real world in today's lesson. So, Fran, um, we're so glad you can lead us again this morning as we take this holy pause. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We're in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is What is the Real World? And today's lesson is Lesson 296. The Holy Spirit speaks through me today. So I shall read some from What is the Real World, and then we'll 
go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. Okay. What is the real world? The real world is a symbol like the rest of what perception offers. Yet it stands for what is opposite to what you made. Your world is seen through eyes of fear and brings the witnesses of terror to your mind. The real world cannot be perceived except through eyes forgiveness blesses, so they see a world where terror is impossible and witnesses to fear cannot be found. The real world holds a counterpart for each unhappy thought reflected in your world. A sure correction for the sights of fear and sounds of battle which your world contains. The real world shows a world seen differently through quiet eyes and with a mind at peace. Nothing but rest is there. There are no cries of pain and sorrow heard for nothing here remains outside forgiveness and the sights are gentle. Only happy sights and sounds can reach the mind that has forgiven itself. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 296. The Holy Spirit speaks through me today. The Holy Spirit needs my voice today, that all the world may listen to your voice and hear your word through me. I am resolved to let you speak through me, for I would use no words but yours and have no thoughts which are apart from yours, for only yours are true. I would be savior to the world I made, for having damned it, I would set it free that I may find escape and hear the words your holy voice will speak to me today. We teach today what we would learn and that alone. And so our learning goal becomes an unconflicted one and possible of easy reach and quick accomplishment. How gladly does the Holy Spirit come to rescue us from hell when we allow his teaching to persuade the world through us to seek and find the easy path to God? Lesson 296. The Holy Spirit speaks through me today. Five minutes.
Lesson 296, the Holy Spirit speaks through me today. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Yes, thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Fran, before you leave, um, on your holy work today, uh, do you have some something you want to share about this lesson? Well, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it today. <laughs> I'm going to apply it. <laughs> I uh, applied yesterday's lesson all day. It was the Holy Spirit looks through me today, and by the end of the day, I couldn't believe how beautiful everything was. It was just, so I'm ready for this one, and I love this first line. The Holy Spirit needs my voice today. He needs our voices, that all the world may listen to his voice and hear his word through us. Wow. Oh, thanks, Lori. Thanks, guys. I'm complete. Thank you, friends. Yeah, yesterday was a blessing, wasn't it? Well, have a happy day, friend. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. I'm sorry, guys. I have to leave again. <laughs> I'll be back to normal by Thursday. <laughs> Thank you. See ya. See you tomorrow. All righty. Thanks, hon. My friend. Thank you. My friend. Good morning, Ms. Jennifer. Uh, it's the first time I'm reading through this, and I feel real wow. Uh, forgiveness and the Holy Spirit, and getting to the original cause of well, how I'm seeing it right now is who we really are, which is love, and me holding on to a past life. Um, uh, or or a past circumstances in this life, um, grievances um, takes away from me being healed in this moment. Takes away my peace, and um, I just that there's that disconnect, not being connected. And uh, well, I just have to say, I think. Um, you know, that saying that we, need, we constantly need, uh, or I need uh, um, help every second of the day. And that's the Holy Spirit's part, is I just have to be conscious uh, in, in time, in the moment. And then 
there's the bridge, and then I get to make the choice to let go of whatever whatever um, uh, whatever I'm holding on to. I don't even have to know what it is. So this is just a really great reminder, and I'm learning something. I didn't I didn't know the details on this. It was really cool. Looking forward to everybody else's share. My path. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. It is nice to see how it works. Thank you, pardon, Judy. Go ahead. Oh, um, were you going to share something, Lori? Please go ahead. No, I was just thanking Jennifer. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just loved Fran's um, reply when you asked her if she had anything to say about the lesson. <laughs> And um, having had the same experience that um, knowing that I can't see alone, that I have to look with the Holy Spirit, um, and the same, the same with um, um, speaking. But first, I need to listen with the Holy Spirit. This is something that um, I, it's new, been new to my practice in the last year or so, really learning to listen with the Holy Spirit when other people are talking and um, it's the same in application for me as looking with the Holy Spirit, seeing, seeing. And I call it the art of seeing and the art of listening. <laughs> and I try to remember that, um, that I cannot see alone, I cannot um, hear alone, I cannot um, speak alone. Um, because then everybody's just left with Judy. So um, this practice of um, doing lessons and applying the lessons. And um, again, I was remembering when I started earlier, early, I start early um, in the morning, um, to start with the beginner's mind, the way the, the Course teaches us in... Um, in um, the beginning, the introduction to the workbook for the lessons that um, I don't have to to believe it. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to, you know, remember anything I know about it, you know, which is what the text spoke about today. You know, forget everything I think I know about it today, here and now, and see what um, revelation brings. Because that is um, what I believe my willingness is for, the willingness to apply the lessons in my daily life. Rubber meets the road. And I don't always do it. I'm not perfectly accomplished yet, but um, like Fran, I surely notice the difference when I do. And for this, I'm really grateful. And um, I just love the word laugh, laugh in the text. And that's one word that really jumped out at me because, you know, with listening, hearing, the art of hearing, the art of listening, and the art of seeing with the one voice and vision, um, this is where I really, I really get who I am in truth, that being happy, joyous, and free is, is you know, becomes that 
the walk in the park that is the easy path to God every day, knowing God goes with me everywhere I go. And um, wanting to remember that every instant is a holy instant. And it can only be what and when and where I want it to be. I have to want it. And um, I have to know I need it. (laughs) Or else I get stuck again. So um, don't forget to laugh. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Jude. Thank you, Judy. Morning, this is Sandra. And um, I appreciated your share, Judy, with um, understanding that the Holy Spirit speaks to me today. Yesterday, the Holy Spirit sees through me today hears through me it's it's all the senses when I align with the Holy Spirit then I begin to teach what I need to learn <laughs> which puts me on a in a place of equanimity with everybody here there's nobody here who's better or worse or more advanced or less advanced we're all learning through teaching it and so our learning goal becomes an unconflicted one and possible of easy reach and quick accomplishment because we're all in this together there's this equality how gladly does the Holy Spirit come to rescue us from hell when we allow her teaching to persuade the world through us to seek and find the easy path to God and I don't know you guys I can't think of an easier way to get to God than to catch myself when I'm judging and in a place of separation and simply turn it over to my higher mind my Holy Spirit and say you show me the truth I don't really know what's happening here what's going on and to have that faith and trust that I will be guided I will be healed as I let her teach me how to heal which is turn it over to the Holy Spirit just turn it over um, and it's in it and it makes us all equal because we're all doing it we're all we all have to do it because we don't you know as as a as a species here we've you know just followed along with something that has brought us with a with a way of thinking that has brought us to the brink of destruction and so obviously guys that way of thinking just doesn't work and but it's a beautiful thing because it it puts us all in a place of okay that doesn't work let's find out what does and what does work is to turn it over to the Holy Spirit and say I don't know I don't know anything show me guide me and have faith and the trust that that's going to happen which will which brings me to peace when I have faith and trust in that 
in my relationship with my higher mind and my relationship with my creator and my relationship with all of creation. When I have faith in that design, which is one of unity, and I believe that to be true, and it's very new to me. I, I've Again, I've been programmed to believe in separation, not in unity in my lifetime. So it's only been in the past, you know, 10, 15 years that I'm reprogramming my mind to see unity and only unity and oneness and connection. Even when, I, when there's no physical appearance of it, just to know that. It's just such a comfort and it's so gosh darn easy (laughs) just turn it over (laughs) and learn how to listen see and feel and express and extend like the Holy Spirit this is Holy Spirit school I'm complete boy that was just so excellent Sandra thank you (laughs) There is Thank a better you. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. I love that Holy Spirit school. That's great. Thanks, Sandra. Good morning, Ms. Karen. I was so excited after I read this earlier. I just, it answers so many problems. Yesterday, I participated in a a very intense meditation uh, group, and I went into this deep pain in my heart chakra and my solar plexus, and I saw all of these memories and all of this drama that was still stored in my body from the past. And I, I have been someone who had so much identification with past trauma That was, you know, my experience was the ground. Like I thought, oh, I'm going to be the the wounded healer. You know, I've gone into the underground. I've had all my bones broken. Now I can come out and teach, you know, how to heal from sexual abuse or be a survivor or whatever. And it's just all such nonsense. It was like um, the lesson. I have given this all the meaning that it has for me. That's what today's lesson is um, reading and the text was about to me. It was, I have given this all of the meaning that it has for me and I've always been stumped at what is forgiveness? You know, how does that apply to my life? And today it was like forgiveness means just saying I'm done with the past. I'm done with the identification of the past. I'm done with giving it any meaning or power. All I want to do is turn it over to the Holy Spirit and let it be released because none of it was true. I've only been keeping it alive again through my mind, through my own present-day re-energizing the past. Um, We've been having some very bizarre family dynamics lately, my sisters and I. And one sister keeps calling my younger sister by a name that she had when she was a child. But my younger sister legally changed her name 23 years ago (laughs) when she met her guru. She legally changed her name. It's not like, oh, yeah, I just have this spiritual name. It was like 
I'm reborn and this is over. The past is over. And I thought to myself, my sister's been texting me and she keeps putting Karen in air quotes as if it's a reference to the popular nowadays uh, derogatory associations of Karen, being a Karen, being a, you know, a white, privileged, selfish bitch, basically. And I thought, oh, I don't want that name. But my, my first teacher, he said my name was so much love that I felt like at that moment I had a new name, you know, because he just said it was so much love that I wasn't identified with the childhood person I was. And I thought, oh, well, I'm going to give me a spiritual name. Um, but it was really, really hard for people to say. It's a very difficult name to say. And um, I was thinking, the name is just a, just the identification of the past and all the stories. And then in my meditation, really loud, I heard, please call me by my true name, which is a poem and by Thich Nhat Hanh. And it's basically a reference that we are everything. We are everything. There is no one name. Um, please call me by my true name. So the door to my heart will be left open, the door to compassion. It was so beautiful. I came in meditation today. And another thing that the, that the reading pointed out is that memory is like the body. And it told us a couple of days ago in a former reading, or I guess it was a lesson, that, you know, the body is neutral. The body is blank. You know, it's what memories or what purpose we ascribe to it. What is the purpose we ascribe to it? Is it the separated self or is it a, an instrument for God? You know, I saw my hands in meditation turn bright green this morning just in the remembrance of the uh, spiritual teaching I had once about bodywork people who are healers, you know, and green is the color of bodywork healing and, and doing that healing work, you know, and it's just, what do I ascribe the meaning to of my body? And it's the memory of now. In mindfulness, it's the memory of now. Right now, I can bring my awareness to the sound, to, the, to my breath. I can be in the present moment and offer everything is now. My memory is about now to serve the divine. You know, extending my Holy Spirit when I walk in a room in the present now. You know, and I do that through my aura or through my energy field or through my body. And if I'm talking to someone in my mental body, it's service to the divine by, by speaking the truth that we learn in the Course in Miracles. And if it's, um, if it's the presence of uh, my feeling world, I can extend gentleness and peace in my feeling world in the now. I can use my memory in the now and use my body in the now to extend the divine. And I and that was like the takeaway. It's it's like whatever whatever um, abilities or skills the ego has used, turning them all over to the Holy Spirit to be reinterpreted and reascribing the meaning. And what is the remembrance? The remembrance is our is our eternal state. 
remembrance of our true self, remembrance of our eternal state, the changeless state. And um, just this morning, between the two calls, I had a long conversation with someone who's in distress, and Holy Spirit was just sort of paraphrasing the course to this person through me, you know, and it was just the Holy Spirit using my voice today. My job is to get out of the way and keep handing it over, but I always wondered what forgiveness meant, and now I know forgiveness is like saying, I am done with the story of the past. I am done with uh, the commentator in my mind about the false self me, and I am done with holding on to this vault of wrongs and suffering that I that I define myself by, and even the the um, kind of childish, fantasized way of existing as a separate self. I'm done with that, too. I'd rather be nameless. You know, I'd rather be nothing and emptiness and have no labels and let God express through me without labels of anything. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I was so, so excited about this lesson really um, coming together in my mind, this reading this morning. Like, this is the second year that I'm reading the text with this call, and prior to that, I read it about three or four times alone. And I was a part of another group that, you know, read uh, not in a linear way, but read um, parts of the Course at different times. And it feels like it's, it's a totally new level, a totally new level of really agreeing that this is the truth. Anyway, I give thanks. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Self. That was just beautiful. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. That was beautiful, Karen. Great, Karen. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so glad to be part of your path and seeing your growth. It's absolutely amazing. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I echo that, Jessica. Beautifully said. Good morning. It's Harrison. Wow, so many wonderful shares. Um, Sandra and Karen, you just really spoke to my heart. Thank you. Um, and it's so great to excuse me, have friends doing lessons. There's something for me about a voice that is absolutely perfect uh, for Jesus' lessons. And today's lesson the Holy Spirit speaks through me today. And back 
in the fifth review, Jesus tells us that he needs our voice, our ears, feet, and hands through which he saves the world. And it can get a little confusing when we are taught that the body really isn't real, (laughs) that the body isn't who we are. And yet, we're also taught, excuse me, <coughs> tough time with my voice today. <coughs> We're also taught that Jesus uses what we have made in order to help us realize of who we are. So, even though we're told throughout the course that the body and the world are illusions, yeah, since we believe they're there, they can be used to reflect the truth that is already in our minds. So when he says that the Holy Spirit needs my voice, Then he's telling me that he can use whatever I have created to teach me and my brothers the truth of who we really are, including the fact that we're not in the manual for teachers he says yet what God what makes God's teachers is the recognition of the proper purpose of the body as they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let, <coughs> excuse me, that holding to that God's voice, that is not mine, to let God's voice speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer 
message that I'm not of this world. And the mind will understand because of this force. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is. The only use there really is for it. That's in the manual for teachers, uh, section 12. And there's a lot more to be said about that. He also says in this manual, the purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a, with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. Except for God's teachers, there will be little hope of salvation. For the world of sin would seem forever real. The self-deceiving must deceive, for they must teach deception. And what else is hell? So what does the Holy Spirit speak to me today? The bottom line is that he tells me and the world the truth of who we are, that we are his perfect creation. And just one final thought from today's reading, This is a paragraph that I heard when I first came across course back in the early 80s. I woman named Beverly Hutchinson uh, created these cassettes that's how long ago it was. <laughs> and I used to listen to this concept, concept constantly. But there's one paragraph that constantly spoke to me. And it's from paragraph 11 of our reading for today. And it's so beautiful. The miracle 
quietly into the mind that stops an instant and is still. It reaches gently from that quiet time and from the mind it is in quiet then to other minds to share its quietness and they will join in doing nothing to prevent its radiant extension back into the capital mind which caused all minds to be born out of sharing. There can be no pause in time to cause the miracle delay and hastening to all unquiet minds and bringing them an instant stillness when the memory of God returns to them. They all remember it quiet now and what has come to take its place will not be wholly unremembered at They do for their part. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Harrison. And I'm so glad you read that that paragraph. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Oh, what time is it? There's a lot in this. Thank you, Harrison. I um I don't I don't know what time is it. I should be quiet. Oh, so uh, we have about we have about twenty minutes left, Judy, and um, there are ten on the call. Yes, I'll wait. Did we go offline? What's going on? Uh, we're still here, Wendy. We're waiting to see if there's anyone who hasn't had an opportunity to share who would like to do so. Oops. I think she just I think Wendy disconnected. How about you, Lori? Um well, you know, I have to say, uh, is there a more perfect um, section to describe? Um, remember back early, he said, I can never take your fear from you. Uh, you have to um, be willing to let your fear go. 
And so he said, recognize, recognize when you're afraid and remind yourself whenever you're afraid, uh, this is not perfect love. And perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love is the atonement. <laughs> and I will accept atonement for myself. Perfect love is the atonement. And um, it's the undoing of fear. And so is there a better way for him to introduce uh, to us how the undoing of fear restores the present? And I just want to read uh, the first well, I've been paragraph talking on you. the undoing of fear. No, oh, Lori, no, you were not talking on mute. Sandra, uh, okay. Lori was talking to you. Okay, go ahead, Sandra. The miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo. And thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done it does not add, but merely takes away. And what it takes away is long since gone. But being kept in memory appears to have immediate effects. This world was over long ago. The thoughts that made it <clears throat> are no longer in the mind that thought of them and loved them for a little while. The miracle but shows the past is gone. And what has truly gone has no effect. Remembering a cause can but produce illusions of its presence, not effect. So I just have to let go. Just let go and forgive. Forgive and release. Forgive and release. And be in the present moment. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. That just says it all, doesn't it? Thank you, Sandra. Lori, I hope you you start over or something. It's really going on into what you were saying. So... This is Wendy. Something funky happened. I I got pushed off altogether. Then when I got back in, Lori was talking, but it seemed like there was a merge of calls, and Sandra was already in the middle of a share. So I think something happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Lori. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that just the way uh, perception works? You know, you get your wires crossed. Oh, shoot, that's really funny. Um, Yeah, Uh, everything is here. Absolutely everything is here in the present memory. Um, The acceptance of the atonement, healing, the healing example, um, the holy instant, how the memory of of, um, they have come, the face of Christ, the memory of your Father. um, It's all rolled into one giant, poem here at the beginning of Undoing the Fear. And uh, as is my my custom, um, when there's a reading like this, that uh, and so many of the chapters are this way, the introduction uh, 
to a chapter essentially summarizes the content and scope of a chapter. And so that's really true um, in this case. And then he rolls right out into present memory, um, which is, you know, I mean, if you wanted a description of everything that happens in the holy instant, it's here uh, in paragraphs 4 through 15. Uh, all in one instant, all in one package. Um, so as is my custom, I, I really enjoy um, a couple of different ways to play with these uh, pieces. One is I love to look at the relationship of lessons to the reading. And the list of lessons to this present memory is too long to list. <laughs> but I was delighted, just so happy to hear Fran talk about um, yesterday's lesson and today's lesson. Because 295, uh, the Holy Spirit looks through me today, is that how it says? Looks through me today and the Holy Spirit speaks through me today. Um, are essentially, uh, how Fran said, you can see in two ways, and you said it too, Judy, as you can see in two ways, you can hear two voices. And um, and and that's uh, our invitation, always, moment by moment by moment, to hear the truth, to ask for nothing but the truth, and to serve um, to serve the purpose of the miracle. You know, I look back at miracle principles today. And here's a couple of quotes. Let's see if I have them. Well, they're from chapter 31, or chapter 1, the introduction to miracles. The very first principle, or 31st paragraph, talks about the real members of my party, the real workers of my party, are ready to listen, willing to learn, and able to do. And then in paragraph 75 of Miracle Principles, he says, if you're ready, willing, and able, that is, you've accepted atonement for yourself and are a healing example, um, you have only one task. It's in paragraph 75 of Miracle Principles, and that is to keep your perceptions straight. So there we have it in one package, um, Lessons 295 and 296 are a unit um, that allow the miracle to extend by what it is because I've accepted uh, the truth of the atonement. Another thing uh, that I like to remember, <laughs> um, you know, I, I used to, um, well, let me just say from my own experience, uh, when, when that... Um, holy instant happened in my life it was a consequence of having uh, thrown myself onto God saying I don't want I don't know I don't want anything like this anymore and um, and after that experience I actually you know wondered if I had died <laughs> I went to I mean it was totally disoriented I didn't know what it meant I only knew that I had everything wrong Oh, everything I ever learned was wrong. Um, and so why am I telling you this? 
I'm telling you this because he wants us to know when we let the Holy Spirit speak through us, all we're really doing is accepting and dwelling and living uh, the present moment of truth. Remember how I said in chapter 15, you could live in the holy instant forever, but for one reason, it's the willingness to both receive and give perfect communication. When I keep my mind in perfect communication with holiness, holiness does everything by itself. He talks about it in the Manual for Teachers as a power that is in you, but not of you. When I keep my mind in present state awareness, it's just like he says, we read it just the other day. Um, let's see if I have that tab in, paragraph, in chapter 27. I, I know I have it open. Here it is. The only way to heal is to be healed. In this present memory, he wants me to know that the miracle extends without your help, but you are needed that it can be born. Accept the miracle of healing, that is Christ's atonement, the awareness that everything that is necessary is already done, that you as a soul both have and are everything. When you accept that miracle of healing, it goes forth because of what it is. It is its nature to extend itself the instant it is born. And it is born the instant it is offered and received. That's, that's the holy instant. That's why he says, take every problem, every situation, everything that happens to you to the holy instant. Because in the holy instant, um, the Holy Spirit transmits everything you ever needed to know about your own perfection to you in such a way that you realize your own perfection is the perfection of creation. All because I have the thought that God condemned and sent Christ to die for me. And that mistake is so pervasive that the guilt as a consequence of that belief in sacrifice so permeates everything little kids learn. Um, our parents even, we seem to learn that they sacrifice for us, that love involves sacrifice, that because of our poor uh, opinion of ourselves um, we don't believe that there is such a thing as the love of God and because of that we fear God and that fear of God is so deep and, and so um, entrenched into consciousness and I'm going to say the shared unconsciousness of humanity um, that we have no way to excise it except for that moment when we say um, from the depths of our hearts, I don't want anything the ego offers anymore. And in that moment, uh, the holy instant heals everything. And then he says it's the nature. When you've been healed, it's the nature 
of the miracle to extend itself the instant is offered and received no one can ask another to be healed but he can let himself be healed and thus offer the other what he has received that's why he says in miracle principles it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive that's why he says by grace I am released by grace I will release when I accept the offer of atonement its perfection and its present memory is so total though all enveloping that everything unlike it is gone um, and so that moment is my reference point in chapter 12 he said um, you you could even deal with your intense hatred of the Son of God if you did not believe that it covers your intense and burning love for God and his for you this is what you really want to hide and the first time I read that after I came to this group I thought I know that intense and burning love of God why would I hide that and then I started to learn I need to practice the holy instant every day I need to take that quiet time I need to give the Holy Spirit just like he says in paragraph 12 give the Holy Spirit your quiet mind when I give him my quiet mind he makes a promise it's in chapter 24 in the resolution of the dream that promise is this Christ in you is very quiet he knows where you're going he leads you there in stillness and in peace he's there in all creation he saw you were incomplete and so he sought you for for your completion in everything you see in everyone whose hand you hold in everyone who walks with you um, when I give the Holy Spirit my quiet mind I open it to the present and action of God and all I need to do is give the Holy Spirit my quiet mind my quiet mind and he restores me to my own truth and the truth of the self we share it's not something to go about preaching or teaching or you know I had that ingrained in me I thought I was all wrong about that it's about living the truth and living the truth um, is uh, an acceptance of my own forgiveness to such a depth that I realize the perfection of everyone and everything as part of me and when he says in that 12th or 15th paragraph God closes the gap with himself I'm restored to right relationship with everything you see there is a true relationship of the father to the son and the son to all creation it's so perfect that he can in the manual for teachers near the end he says Jesus is an example a perfect example of the love of the father to the son so close to the father's love itself that it symbolizes that same love 
of God, that intense and burning love for God and His for you. And when I let Christ's awareness light my mind, I have this present memory, this present awareness and the holiness of everything that's happening. And it starts to make sense when he says, whenever you have an encounter, remember it's holy. As you meet anyone, remember it's holy. As you see him, you'll see yourself. As you treat him, you'll treat yourself. As you think of him, you'll think of yourself. Never leave anyone without the gift of salvation. That's simply letting Christ's vision look through me. And the Holy Spirit's love extends a blessing because it's the nature of the miracle to extend itself. All I need ever do is give my Holy Spirit my quiet mind. It says He is both part of God and part of you. The Holy Spirit is both God and you. And when that awareness is in my heart and mind, uh, I have no need of anything. Present memory is that awareness that the soul in its perfect creation both has and is everything and in a state of grace forever. That's the present memory. And all I ever need to is let the truth of that light my mind. And when it does, there's a natural extension. There's a natural blessing that uh, just flows out. You know, you've met those people. You've seen those people. Um, I see them all the time. They have this natural blessing and uh, this invitation to um, feel welcome in the presence. That's all the Holy Spirit asks of me, to hold that welcome presence in my heart, that same welcome presence that he extended to me. It goes forth all by itself. So these two lessons are are just about the whole course of miracles as far as the present memory goes and I think I'm complete. Thank you everyone. Wow, thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Lori. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Excellent. As usual, thank you, Lori. This is Sandra, really quick. While you were speaking, Lori, I was thinking, you know, being being a recovered addict, um, I used to say I want it all and I want it now, and I used to think that that was um, a bad, <laughs> that was a character defect. And truly, when I can be in the holy instant when I remember the truth of who I am in the present moment, I do have it all and I do have it now. I'm complete. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Sandra. It's a natural grace, you know. And yes, you do. <laughs> so thank you. I have... Um I know there's more people who haven't shared yet, but I, I would like to, to speak more about the text. It's, um, 
um, not only a synopsis of how the holy instant works in undoing my ego and my pain and my fear, but how miracles work and um, the willingness to um, use miracles as a correction for what my ego has made of the past. And I'm thinking of, um, you know, how the ego uses time, that, you know, bad things, sinful things happened in the past, and guilt's in the present, and this is how we hold on to it and want to punish either others or ourselves with it in the present. And, and, and fear, the ego uses fear, the future for fear, you know, that um, this, this, this kind of hurt might happen to me again. Um, I can be hurt or I can hurt others. Um, that fear I might lose something. Um, that um, in the third paragraph, I just love the way it speaks to this. Nothing employed for healing represents an effort to do anything at all. It's a recognition that I have no needs, which is something that I've really been practicing um, that comes to my mind readily and quite often. Um, I have no needs. I'm complete. I'm healed. I'm whole. Um, I think I have needs. And physically, you know, they, I may appear to have needs, but when I really genuinely look at that and um, compare it to the truth, it's where um, the Holy Spirit takes away all sense of need or all sense of lack. And then um, where it says the recognition that we have no needs, which means that something must be done. So I need to do nothing. I can relax. It is an unselective memory, which is not used to interfere with truth. And that word interfere is, is one of those billboard words for me. There's that, um, that prayer, I don't know where it is, you, Lemoyne or Laura, you probably know exactly, but um, that I often apply that um, I've invited my guests, the Holy Spirit, um, because I've disturbed my peace, so and I will not let the past interfere with my guest because I know he has come, you know, to to reveal the truth to me or to restore me to peace. And um, so that word interfere or interfere or interference in this um, is really sings to me. It's an unselective memory, the present memory of God being the cause, love being the cause of everything which is not used to interfere with the truth. Um, all things the Holy Spirit can employ for healing have been given him. I've given him everything, everything I think I know with my beginner's mind. I don't know what's going on, um, but I do want to know. And he's the teacher, my teacher of the truth. And it, I love this next part of this line where it says, without the content and the purposes for which they have been made, because everything I've made in my past, of my past, of my relationships, of all the roles I've had, the situations and circumstances, and how I've judged them in the past, all that my ego is made of my past and who I think I am, and how it speaks to the content 
and the purposes for which they have been made. It's really like an all-encompassing, give it all up and let it all go, and, um, you know, have a new beginning. This is a new, fresh day, and something really valuable can be revealed to me. Um, so um, that, that kind of a dedication to being, like you spoke of, Lori, so beautifully, that being simply being present to pres- capital presence in, in my awareness and um, practicing the art of seeing and practicing the art of hearing. And um, he can indeed make use of my memory, for God himself is there. And it's not my memory of my past events, but only the present state. Um, so that's beautiful. It's so beautiful to me. Um, and it's a skill that I can remember now. And I was really thrilled, um, Karen, by your share when you kept saying now, now. <laughs> and I could just feel the freedom in you. Like you were really, really released. Uh, and um, I got goosebumps and I got goosebumps again remembering it. But I um, was reading, um, I'm reading a book by um, Ram Das who wrote Be Here Now, and it's called Still Here, and it's a book about aging and, and his, you know, getting older and looking at death and all, how, all the changes that we go through and, and losing the old roles that we played and, um, you know, wanting to be still and be here. And um, he talks about what I call the holy instant, and um, he talks about letting go of the past, and in its entirety, and just being here now, and he he talked about the ego as being um, the melodrama, the story of the memories that we carry with us. And um, two things I want to say about that, and then I'll be complete. First thing he said was um, that we can carry our stories as long as we remember it in the present capital presence of who we are now in order to look at them and release them and let them go and know that's not who we are anymore. And this is an an important part for me because I'm doing this just as much as anybody else, letting go of, you know, my old roles as being a nurse, a gardener, skier, you know, all this physical fitness identification I had and, and looking at it with my present present awareness of, of the truth of who I am now and, and, and letting it go in order, to, in order to grow and identify with my soul and my spirit, which is eternally present, which is eternally full of wisdom, and growing into that, um, which, you know, the wisdom naturally teaches itself, and it's not me doing it, but... Um, one funny thing he said, and this is where I quit, that um, letting the melodrama of the ego go is, is like going, letting go of a soap opera on TV as the world turns and taking a pause, a holy pause, a holy instant for a, for a message from our sponsor, who is God. <laughs> I just love that. It made me laugh. Thank you. I'm complete. <laughs> Oh, that was so nice, Judy. 
You brought in so much. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess it's time to end the recording. Um, but since Karen mentioned Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, I just have the most beautiful poem of his that summarizes what we've talked about today. It's called Recommendation. And it goes, promise me, promise me this day, promise me now while the sun is overhead exactly at the zenith, promise me. Even as they strike you down with a mountain of hatred and violence, even as they step on you and crush you like a worm, even as they dismember and disembowel you, remember, brother, remember, man is not our enemy. The only thing worthy of you is compassion. Invincible, limitless, unconditional. Hatred will never let you face the beast in man, but one day, one day when you face this beast alone, with your courage intact, your eyes kind, untroubled, even as no one sees them, out of your smile will bloom a flower. And those who love you will behold you across 10,000 worlds of birth, dying. Alone again, I will go on with bent head, knowing that love has become eternal. On the long, rough road, the sun and the moon will continue to shine. The memory of this eternal love is the point of all our doing, all our living here. So thank you, everyone, uh, for sharing this present memory this morning. I just can't, can't be happier that we could share it together. And we'll end this recording, um, but as is our custom, we stay on.